Hello and welcome to episode 1234 of The Sleeper and the Bus. Oh, one, two, three, four. It is Monday, December 4th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. Join this afternoon for me, morning for him. Well, now afternoon for him, Justin Mason. Justin, good afternoon. Yeah, we, we crossed the afternoon threshold. We, we did. We did. You had your chat, so we're going after your chat today. I had an appointment this morning, so we moved it, um, but it is afternoon for both. How was your weekend? It was all right, uh, you know. That's really some big complain. news. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. How it's Elnick season how again. Did, how many messages uh, did you get about it? Or like tags and things? Because I know we went immediately to our, our group text message you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people in like various other channels message you. Did you get multiple messages like, your boy, he's traded. I, I haven't yet. Um, surprisingly, I'm surprised. So, I'm yeah. surprised. People are slacking in the off season. So. You know what? It's off season, right? If he gets traded in season, you probably get a million alerts mm-hmm. of like, "Oh my God, Justin, Justin, Justin." But of course, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into it here in just a second. Then we're going to talk about some of the bigger movers uh, here in these fall drafts. We do have a decent bit of data right now that we can kind of look at. They started in October on October first, so we're going to take from October. So ending on uh, on the 31st there, it's about, I think it's about 13, 14 draft sample. And then we're going to skip a couple weeks there in November and, and look at the last two weeks of November into December here. And that's another seven, eight drafts. And just see who's moving up and talk about why they might be. It's a couple guys that we've mentioned before. So uh, for somebody like Tariq Skubal, we'll just have a kind of a passing mention of him. We've really gotten into the fact that he's going to be expensive. A couple other guys will maybe dive a little bit deeper than we have. And then some others we haven't talked about at all in the offseason. We haven't talked about them since summer. So I really want to see where you're at with regards to these uh, price rises. And if you're interested, we just started a gladiator with a bunch of listeners. So thank you for everybody uh, who joined. And we're already in the midst of it. I took Mookie Betts. You took Kyle Tuck. So we're off and rolling there. Uh, but again, we got to go back to the beginning here. We got to talk some Jared Kelnick. Uh, he has become one of your guys over the, over the years. You're an adamant backer, and it was looking great to start the year. And then he happened to be who he is. He happened to go back to being Jared Kelnick. Turns out the uh, the strikeout gains were completely fraudulent. I feel like I heard that somewhere, but that's okay. Um, you know. It's almost as if we should do more than a month before assessing a guy, but I wanted to get caught up in it too. So I was like, okay, maybe I am wrong. I'll take my L on Jared Kelnick. I took the L too early, Justin. He was a piece of crap again. Uh, But 11 homers, 13 steals. He did kick a cooler, broke his foot. He's going to the Braves. I mean, of course, they're one of those teams where people go to, players go to, and you you get a little bit more excited about them than when they were on another team. So let's just start with Kelnick going to Atlanta before we get into it. Obviously, it's a money dump deal for the Mariners, et cetera, et cetera. But just Kelnick in Atlanta, jokes aside, memes aside, is he moving up your board? Uh, tangibly. Like, I'm not, you know, two, three spots, whatever. But is he, like, tangibly moving up your board? Probably not because okay. uh, for all the pluses that Atlanta offers. I mean, it's a much better lineup. Uh, the park is much better for left-handed hitters. Ooh, 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 can I guess? I know the, I know the negative. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, what's the call negative? Me, call me, call me, playing time, playing time. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily Oh, okay. I, th- I thought you were going to go the playing but time angle. There's definitely some of that because I think he takes over. I, I can't remember if it was like Richard Sands or someone in, in uh, either our Discord or a different Discord like mentioned, like he takes over the uh rosario role right strong side left field right yeah strong side left at the very least yeah which is what i think exactly he uh takes over um i think one of the bigger issues is there is no path to being in the middle or the top of that line oh yeah yeah yeah. i should attack that on as part of the playing time because his plate appearances are going to drop even if he is playing consistently because kelnick's going to be moving from what is it like top four with Seattle yeah. down to the bottom three or four of Atlanta. Yeah. So, I mean, he spent most of his time batting fourth, fifth, you know, third a little bit, sixth a little bit. And now he, if he gets above seventh, it's because there's a bunch that has gone wrong in Atlanta this year. Or he so. truly breaks out. Or, yeah. Or he truly like breaks bankably out. breaks out and they move him up. But, yeah, even that, but I'm not I, sure, would get him all the way up to the top four. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. So... Uh, yeah, so I think it's a it's a much better park um, for him. 
could he be like Josh Naylor-esque? Like a guy who, like, hey, yeah, he's going to platoon, but like when he platoons, he's going to be pretty good. Uh, I could definitely see that. We're talking about a guy who, you know, he's got a bunch of power. That is a short porch there uh, for him to hit. Uh, so I thought you I were going to mention a different Josh that he is now geographically closer to. Um, and I thought you were going to mention, mention maybe some Josh Lowe vibes. Be, yeah. Do, do you hold out hope for that with Kelnick? Again, all the memes of, of you love him and, and he's your favorite player and all that. But when you really assess things and the strikeout rate did go back up to 32%, but there were some positives to take. It was 416 plate appearances of a 108 WRC plus. Uh, Kelnick acquitted himself quite well against lefties. He was actually better in an yeah. OPS standpoint, 774 to 738. Um, what is what is the chance that he goes full Josh Lowe this year and puts up a banger season? I mean, it's a different profile. Lowe is definitely a, a faster player. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing about uh, Kelnick's kind of situation in Atlanta as opposed to Lowe's situation in Tampa Bay is I don't think Atlanta cares quite as much about the outfield defense. I mean, yeah. they put Marcelo Zuna in the outfield. <laughs> Um, on purpose yeah you know, so like uh like i don't think that is as big of an issue for them uh so i mean i could there is a world in where it happens the problem mm -hmm. is atlanta's loaded and they're always going to be loaded and yeah. they don't have like in spite of the fact that they like they took on like 60 million dollars to like get this done they um they could do a second deal like that where they take on just as much yeah and really affect them because they're so they're at, they're operating at such a financial surplus. Yeah, they they really are. So like, I, I mean, I think Kellnick is one of those guys that could pop, but I also think he has to pop in order, you know, at least somewhat in order to keep a job there because mm -hmm. they will go get, you know, somebody off the waiver wire, somebody in a trade, uh, if he isn't good. I think he's going to be given every opportunity. Uh, if any organization that you know, can fix him. I think Atlanta is one of those organizations. Certainly. Uh, because he definitely still struggles with breaking stuff. But um, ultimately, like, I'll, I'll take the gamble as long as the price is right. 50th outfielder off the board. Actually, hang on. Let me get uh, let me get a more proper update here of this. Um, using the uh, the secondary sample that we're using for our upcoming comparisons here. So the, the five drafts from mid-November through the fourth Kelnick is the 51st outfielder off the board at pick 224 he smashed in between Stephen Kwan Starling Marte guys like Jack Sawinski Jackson Chorio Lars Newtbar Lourdes Gurriel are, are on either bookend of him a is that about the right spot b are you paying it for Kelnick I feel like that is about the right spot and they're definitely guys in that group that I go I would take him over uh you know for sure. And then there are other guys where I go, oh, I'll take Lance Newbar. Like, give me Newbar. Like, Newbar all day. Um, in top three in the Cardinals lineup. Like, mm -hmm. even if he, he, he did well. Yeah. Like, the injury and missing time was the reason Newbar didn't have the breakout that his proponents, of which I count myself among, uh, yeah. it, that's the reason he didn't have his full season. But you go look at all the rates and everything 367 OBP, the power came in a little light, but he still popped 14 homers and 11 steals and 503 point appearances. So, yeah, I like Newt Bar quite a bit. But I do think Kelnick is certainly draftable there. Um, if you want to take a shot, I get it. We'll have to monitor to see if his price rises. It will. The, it, it definitely will. Will it get into, let's say, Riley Green, James Outman area in the 170s, do you think? Um, I don't know that it gets quite that high. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with him over those guys, though. Terry um, Carpenter's a, around 200. Sorry to interrupt. Just saying that'd be a full round. Carpenter, uh, I think I'd prefer. Like, I just. I think it's more bankable play. power. Yeah, yeah, like he's going to play. Like, I. Um, the problem with Outman, and I love Outman, but Outman's like a very similar player. Where yes, like, he is. I could see him platooning. I could see him losing his spot completely. Um, I also could see the breakout happening. So, yeah. Outman's um, a wide range of outcomes. I would be equally unsurprised if he was an All Star as I would that he spends a month in AAA because yeah, of that and, strikeout rate. And Green is much more similar to Carpenter. And like I think Green 
as long as Green is healthy, he's going to play every day. Yep. I just see zero upside in Riley Green. Um, I don't know about zero, but I understand what you're saying. Like that, you know, the Tigers aren't great. Um, well, I just don't think they have Green a ton of power has, either. Yeah, Green doesn't have like a curing tool for fantasy. Like Green, well, it's average, but that's such a difficult bet. So yeah, yeah. you might as well not be one. I get, I get your point. I get yeah, I mean, for me, like his upside is like, hey, he could be like a prime Andrew Benatendi, which is fine and great. It's fine, right? but, but it's boring. You need too. 700 plate appearances in order mm-hmm. to make that exciting. So speaking of that, though, isn't that kind of Brian Reynolds who goes at like pick 92? Yeah. And so, you know, if you like Brian Reynolds, should you just wait for Riley Green? Now, obviously, you're talking about a guy I mean, who has I, a track I, record of success yeah, I, with Reynolds. It's not like Brian you're getting Reynolds nothing. Just better. Um, but I think you could make the argument that, you know, Pittsburgh's lineup is still very top heavy in terms of like the top half of the lineup mm-hmm. versus Detroit's, which is a little bit deeper. Uh, maybe not as quite as impactful on a, you know, position by position basis, but like it's still, you know, it's going to be better. It should continue to get better. Um, uh, I guess you could make that argument. Uh, I don't I think know he's I trying would. to reach. I think Green's Riley Green's trying to reach Reynolds' level. I don't want to sh- give short shrift to Reynolds. He does have three straight seasons uh, with 24, 27, and 24 homers. And Green, even if you give him a nice extrapolation on last year, is like 18, 19 homers. He hit 11. So if you give him like 650, 700 plate appearances, which is, of course, no guarantee, he's still I didn't only realize, 18. I didn't realize Green had Tommy John surgery. Yeah, uh, it was a diving play. This was like at the peak of, of the Tigers season in the summer there when things are going well. And, of course, we we lose Riley Green to to an injury. But you know hitter hitter Tommy John isn't nearly as scary, so yeah, he's expected to be back and, and ready to go. But uh, let's talk I mean, about some I, the other. I, I still think of Riley Green as just like uh, a prime Melky Cabrera, which is like a fine totally fair, yeah. player. But like but, you don't chase it. Yeah, like you just that's just not super interesting because even the top end isn't giving you that Josh Lowe kind of season, right? Like, yeah, you know, our, our friend Vlad Settler, I almost said Vlad Guerrero, our friend Vlad Guerrero, <laughs> our best buddy, um, yeah. he stayed bought in on Lowe. That was one of his big hits this year, and that te- totally makes sense. Like, even if you didn't like him, you, uh, I'm talking Vlad, not Josh. Lowe. No, I'm saying if you, even if you didn't like Josh Lowe, you could see why somebody would stay bought in on him. But I agree with you with Riley Green. We've talked about this a lot, even me as a Tigers fan. I, I I don't see as much fantasy appeal as I do real life. So yeah. I love what he's going to bring to the Tigers, but I, I do get a little bit nervous otherwise. Anyway, that's the Kelnick part. Let's talk about some of the other pieces here. Marco Gonzalez and Evan White going. You mentioned how this is a financial dump. That's a thousand percent what this is for Seattle. And you'll be able to tell that even more when we tell you what they're getting back if you don't know already. But do you have any interest in a Marco Gonzalez? If you have interest in White, you can express that. But I think Gonzalez probably has a better shot at delivering something of note. Than... I don't think he does. I mean, he has he hurt too. Yeah. Tommy John in August. So oh like, yeah. Yeah. Never mind that. Not... That's right. As soon as I was saying it, I was like, I think he got hurt. I couldn't remember when. Yeah. So he's out and for a hundred percent of this year. And the Braves have already made it clear that he's going to be probably moved in another deal. Um, yeah. Because he has a team option next year for, tw- excuse me, for 25 mm-hmm. at 15 mil. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. So he's out. Uh, are you interested in Evan White at all? No. It's hard to be, right? Especially on this team. Where the heck's he going to play? He's not. Okay. So then let's talk about the returns. They get Jackson Coar, who was a Brave for five minutes. I don't even think he got mm-hmm. a Braves jersey. And Cole Phillips, congressman or minor league prospect. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so Cole Phillips, I guess, is somewhat interesting because... I've heard. He was a second-round pick. He's got a 70 grade fastball. Um, they think he, nice. you know, he's supposed to have average to maybe a little bit above average command. Um, he still needs to kind of develop a, a you know a third pitch. He's got a slider that's you know above average, but he had Tommy John. He didn't. He has not pitched at all in the minor leagues. Um, since so he missed all of his. First year, Cole Phillips, yeah, young prospect in the Atlanta system, actually drafted here out of Texas, uh, missed the entire year, going to go over to Seattle, not going to be anything this year. It's a lottery mean, ticket. No, I do you mean, have dynasty interest for you? Not really, no. Okay. Because I mean, I mean, in dynasty, like the way I approach dynasty is I don't care about 
prospect pitching until they're close to the majors. Like it that's just, a completely fair take. Yeah. Yeah. Because guys get hurt and then you never see them. Like, you know, exactly. Well, and then, um, okay. So this is curious that we have penciled Marco Gonzalez into, uh, the rotation on roster resource. Yeah. I'm pretty but sure he had Tommy John. He, in he did August. have TJ, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I, this, this is my old memory and I apologize, but I don't remember what we said about Jackson Coar when he was dealt to the Braves nine minutes ago. So I think we, I think we said, you know, he's a decent prospect. We understand we get the, we get the trade. Do you have any interest in Jackson Coar as a Mariner? Um, They're pretty no. good with pitching. I have zero interest. Like, okay. where he's not getting into that rotation. Um, I don't think. I think he's probably just a long man for them at this point. Uh, I think that's fair. Last I see is in August. Uh, Marco Gonzalez was, um, but it wasn't TJ. I'm seeing it, it right now. It wasn't TJ, but he got season-ending surgery. So yeah, um, I'm even, still tepid on him. I still agree with you that like. It's a really bad park for him if that's where he's like going to end up. Exactly. It doesn't sound like he's going to end up there anyways. So like, I, I don't care about Marco. Gonzalez. Okay, we'll deal with him if he lands somewhere else. I, yeah. I've had some Marco Gonzalez love in the past, but coming off a so shoulder surgery, I don't think he's going to be able to get into the Braves rotation right now. He gives up too many home runs in a place like Seattle. Like, what would he do in a place like Atlanta? Like, Bingo. Just, that can be. Like if, if he got sent to the Giants, like then I go, okay, well, at least that park protects him a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, think about like some Friday night series where they're headed to Philly, the bombs he could give up there. That could be, that could plus, be. Plus, I mean, he's already dealing with an elbow issue. Like, I, I don't want to draft. Like, yeah. Like Good luck to Marco Gonzalez on getting healthy for sure. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. see if he lands elsewhere. But the, I, I knew this trade was really the Kelnick trade. Um, and the other pieces just aren't really generating any fantasy interest right now. So let's get into our biggest ADP risers since October. So the number one guy, of course, isn't that surprising once you kind of figure, okay, people are learning more about him. He's definitely coming over. And it is Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 24 spots, almost two full rounds. Uh, these are 15 team drafts. So, you know, just under that two round threshold there, but a big jump for him. And I, I think it really is just knowledge and confirmation that he's coming over that has people ready to go ahead and pick him and so yamamoto is going let me find where i should have put that on the uh, the sheet there am i spelling yamamoto wrong oh it's under outfielders this just in he's a pitcher yeah um, he, he, he does not have a team yet he's now going at pick 69 which is pretty nice, nice. but is it too expensive for uh, yes. uh, yamamoto yes i think it i think it is too expensive for do him. you not see him as a potential stud or is it even if you do you're just you can't go pick 69 is that is that the case yeah i just think it's too high for a guy who has zero major league track record we don't um, even know what team he's on it's such a hard pick to t take him that high when you don't even know what team he's on what if he goes yeah. somewhere bad for pitching i mean the yankees are the team that's been most strongly linked to that's him. scary that's scary as hell He's also an undersized guy, and we know that, like, you know, we know that Japanese pitchers don't pitch in the same type of rotation that yeah, American they pitchers, they, you know, they, they're pitching once a week. Is an organization going to be willing to do that type of thing like they did in, uh, in Anaheim for Otani, or is he going to have to adjust to pitching every five days? And can he hold up? He's, he's 5'10, like 170 pounds. Like, I don't know. Like I, I, I tend to be willing to miss on these guys. I was uh, just about to say, I'll gladly miss this year to see what's what and allow a transition year. And that's where I was on Senga. And actually, even though we're kind of going in numerical order of how many picks they've moved, I'm going to move him up just to kind of put these two together because now we have a second year guy in Senga who mm -hmm. showed out last year. Do you think that there's any influence of Senga's success? emboldening the Yamamoto drafters. By the way, Senga has moved up nine picks to uh, also has a 69 ADP technically, but uh, it's 68.6 to 68.8 for Senga versus Yamamoto. So they're right there. Um, and then if you just go by the number of player that they are off the board, which is probably the number that we should be using instead of the ADP average, um, it is the, there's they're 71st and 72nd off the board, Senga, Yamamoto, they go back to back on average. 
Do you think that Senga's success encourages Yamamoto folks, or is that drawing um, too too much from it? I'm sure it is. And it's just, you know, it's the hype of a guy coming over, right? Like, mm-hmm. because, you know, whenever these guys come over, they, they get overhyped and, um, and sometimes you get the dream. Bored, yeah. You, you, you know, Oh, he was so dominant in Japan, but we're talking about uh, Japan is a league that's similar to like AAA. And yeah, a lot of major league pitchers who aren't that great in the majors can dominate in the minor leagues. So, um, has it moved I, up at all? I feel like it's like triple A plus, which still isn't the majors. Yeah. But I feel like it's getting better. But maybe that's just be. because I know more players. It could just be that simple where I'm like, okay, just because you have exposure to more, more players. Information, yeah. 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 But anyway, it doesn't change your point. So I, oh, let's not get bogged down in that. But uh, let's shift to Sanga then. So he's coming off this excellent season. Um, he's only up not even a full round. And as you can see, as we get deeper in this list, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight guys that are up double digit picks. And then I added Senga and a couple others at the back end there that are nine and eight picks up. Are you in on Senga for year two? Again, he had a brilliant year. You now know who he is. Uh, he'll be 31 with the Mets. We don't know how good they're going to be, but we know the park is pretty nice. He improved the walks. They they were, they didn't go away completely, but he was walking like four a game with a couple fives thrown in. And then from um june 17th on he walked more than three just once and the bulk of those games were one or two walks uh so it wasn't even just a bunch of threes it, it was it was really in line that he curbed his walk rate so do you buy senga for year two um i think i do because if i'm remembering what the price was i'm, I'm gonna check that and of course i have hitters not pitchers uh queued up uh for me so uh give me one second i thought as i look at price going i was going to the 75th pitcher or 75th overall yeah 75th overall which is like the 32nd pitcher including closers and that is that's, that's probably crazy. top 25. I don't know that he's a top 25 pitcher to me. I, I mean, I still think I'm there's close. I'm close to that. I still think there's control issues there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mets not being good factors in a lot for me. Who do you like a lot more around him, though? I see. I, I trust you're looking at the Bobby Miller. There. Zach. Okay, I knew you were going to say that, but we're going to get to Bobby Miller. Don't worry, because that yeah. price is the price of poker going that's, up on him. Yeah, as, as it should. Um, I think. I mean, it's not a bad area for him. And I think, yeah, I think it's pretty when, fair for Senga. When you start getting outside the top 100, which he does fall out of every once in a while, and mm-hmm. I think he could fall out of at some point. Um, in I fairness, th- uh, 62 to 75 in these last five drafts that Senga has. He's th- with the price jump, he's not dipping beyond pick 75. And it's only five drafts, so it's not a huge data set, but he is moving up. And that's that's a big reason why he was on here because I think the the appetite for Senga is really improving at the draft table. The strikeouts are just so enticing, and I get yep. that. Um, I just don't love what the whip downside is. Mm-hmm. I don't love the Mets in general this year uh, Fair. For, as a team who can win games. And so, even if I say like, "Hey, maybe he throws like a one twenty whip," and I can live with that, right? He's my number two, maybe my number three starter, depending on how deep my league is. It was 122 and, this year, I should point out. So 120 would actually be an improved whip. Well, and he was 115 in the second half. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, he did lower the walk rate in the second half, uh, though it did start to creep back up in September. I don't know. To me, I think whip is one of those undervalued things that people kind of overlook. Uh, and I agree. he's not a very good whip guy and he has potential to be a bad whip guy. Uh, and when you factor that in to a four category player, it's all starting pitchers are a four category player and you go probably not going to win a ton of games. Now you're looking at potentially he's a two category pitcher. I don't want that as my number two starter or my number three starter necessarily. <laughs> I want someone I feel a lot more confident about i feel a lot more confident about other guys going around the same spot or behind him uh and so i'm probably not gonna end up with Sengo a lot except unless he drops in a draft yeah um, so i'm not opposed to drafting fair. him but he's probably not gonna be on a lot of my teams yeah i think he might be more for me um it might be more of a situation where i land on Sanga, 
because he's who's available. I have maybe a light strikeout guy heading my rotation or something. And so I just say, I'll take the K's and, and go with Sango. But I'm not, I'm not necessarily seeking him out. I think the biggest issue for me is the guys around him. There's so many I like. You only named a couple. I could keep going, you know, with the Grayson Rodriguez's of the world. Logan Webb, Bobby Miller, Kyle Bradish, Zach Eflin. There, there's, a, there's a lot there. So I think that's a big part of it, too. Um, but I do like him. And I don't know. I, I I hope I don't get out of draft season with zero Sanga, but I don't know. I, I'm not going to make it a huge point so that if I do, I'll kind of shrug my shoulders and say, well, that, that's how it is. Um, let's talk about a guy we haven't talked about since October. We briefly mentioned that he went in the pole hitter podcast super, super, super early mock, and it was Walker Bueller. And of course, I wanted to talk about that because he's coming off a completely missed season. And obviously, there's a ton of hype uh, for what he can do when he comes back because we know who Walker Bueller is. He's a frontline ace with colossal upside. He's up 21 picks since October. So I think that's people getting more comfortable with, oh yeah, he's coming back. Uh, I had forgotten about him a little bit or I wasn't fully assessing him. And I think I think this is only going to be going up, by the way. I don't think this is where it stops for Bueller. He's picked 92 in these last five drafts, ranging 76 to 102. I think with some good spring performances, he's probably a top 50 pick. So I think if you love Bueller, you should be getting him in winter drafts right now to get your to get your shares up. What do you think of Walker Bueller's rise? And um, are you willing to pay pay it? It's been about six weeks since we last talked about him, almost two months. Uh, have you changed on him at all, or evolved at all? I'm not. Uh, he will not be on any of my redraft teams this year. I have him in a it's that keeper dynasty league thirty That's teams, right. hundred man rosters. I traded for him. Uh, you know, after he got Tony John, she says like, "Hey, I'm not competing, so I'm going to take a gamble." And his contract's affordable for that league. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, that'll probably be the only time I draft Walker Bueller. I just can't imagine spending a top hundred pick on a guy in his first season back from Tommy John. Had he pitched at the end of last season, I would probably be singing a little bit of a different tune because I'm one of those guys that. You Bueller's one of those one of those pitchers that the projections always hate, like comparatively speaking to where he actually produces. I think mm. the projections have a hard time kind of capturing what he does on the mound. Um, but and so I'm typically the guy who's like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take a, what I think is a discount on Walker Bueller. I don't think there's any discount. I think there's no discount. Him You're like paying full price going to be in SP one or two um, this year, and I just. What do the Dodgers have? I mean, I guess the Dodgers do, don't have the rotation depth that they've used that they used to have, and they usually do. But will they stock that this season? You know, and this does that matter? Does that matter to them? The Padres are going to mm -hmm. take a step back. Um, I still think they think, and I think most people think they are better than the Diamondbacks for a full season. The Giants aren't going to be good. The Rockies are never good. Uh, so, like, hey, they've made the World Series. Be nice. They don't need to push Walker Bueller in his first season back from Tommy John. It's the second Tommy John. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I think that they are going to be very careful with him, uh, especially as we start getting down into like the playoff race time. You know, unless they aren't locked into a spot, which I think we all assume they will be. Do you uh, think they could loosen the reins on Bueller in the summer? Is this a situation? Do you think where? Like, let's say you took him in a date in a DC and maybe you don't have him as much or you're not necessarily using him a ton early on because let's say you drafted, you know, some pitching depth, but then in the summer, do you think that they would start to, to lengthen him a little bit? Cause he, he did have the TJ in October or excuse me, in August, August, 2022. So he does have that little extra bit of, of recovery. Now he hasn't pitched since then, at least on the major league level. Did he even get minor leagues last year? I no, he didn't, he didn't pitch at all. Oh, he, excuse you. He got two innings, good sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Two I, innings at AAA. Does that change your opinion completely? No. Don't lie. Oh, it, it absolutely. Okay. It doesn't change anything. Does the August thing, though, at all? No. Okay. Yeah. I like I liked the longer recovery a little bit because I'm with you on the first year back from TJ. We, we share that. We've been beating that drum for years. The problem is it's still going to come back to the price, right? And I'm just going to take teammate Bobby Miller. Who again? I think I should move because I did put these in numerical order. But for the sake of like matching players, we should move. We're only moving Bobby Miller up one spot. He's up 17 picks, so just over a round uh, since October, and he's right there with 
Bueller. In fact, he's a little bit ahead of him. He's at pick 75. And he's he's been in a tight range, 68 to 85 in these five drafts uh, since, uh, since October. We talked about Bobby Miller a little bit ago, and we mentioned you're going to have to pay. And this price is going to continue to go up too. But I think we're both saying that we're much more comfortable buying Bobby Miller off of just one year, uh, even at a more expensive price than paying for Bueller. Do I have that correct? Yeah, I, I don't think that's particularly close. Um, and I haven't done my my pitching projections this year, but uh, I I believe that when I do that, I'm going to have Bobby Miller close to being a top 25 starting pitcher this year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I have no problem with that. I mean, he threw... Uh, 124 innings in the majors, 14 innings in the minors, another inning and two thirds in in the postseason. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't walk guys. He doesn't give up home runs. He gets strikeouts. I think the strikeout stuff is going to be even better this year. Um, I think he is the ace of that staff. I think. I think he has like complete ace upside, and it might not come next year, but I'm willing to pay. Because I think the floor is pretty decent, you know, even yeah. for a second year guy, there's some risk, sure. But to come up with that kind of overpowering stuff, be throwing 99 on average with nasty secondaries, and you only put up a 6% walk rate in your major league debut. Oh my goodness. Like, that's great. And I think Miller's an easy top 50 in the spring. So he's another guy that I think if you want him, get your shares now, but don't give up in the spring either. If you really believe in him, I think you can still pay. I think I would pay as high as a top 50 pick. If yeah. that's where he's going, like right now, obviously I'm not going to do it because I don't have to, but even if come spring, he's going around the Freddie Peralta, Tariq Skubal range, and they're going 56 and 51 respectively. I I'm okay having him there. I might go Skubal over him, but it's like, a it's a choice. It's an open choice. So I love Miller. I can't get enough. Um, I'm really excited about his upside. And I think it's just a matter of if, or excuse me, when he becomes an ace, not if. I agree. Yeah. I All right. Agree. So let's move on from our two Dodgers here. Um, we're both pretty tepid on Bueller. You're more tepid. We're both head first on Bobby Miller. All in. Uh, let's talk Pablo Lopez coming off a brilliant season. Uh, he has looked excellent these last couple of years, in fact, because he's staying healthy, right? It, it, we talked about this when he was in Miami and sometimes you just get one perfectly right. And the player really shows that. And so I can back pat us a little bit and say, We've always said if he can stay healthy, he's a, he's a stud. Like it's it's the health. It's 100% the health. The skills are there. And now I'm not want to back pat us too much because that's not difficult to see. But we did finally see it. A buck 80 and a buck 94 the last two years. He put up really strong seasons. Upper threes, ERA 375, 366, but 117 and 115 WHIP totals. A bunch of Ks and decent, you know, double digit wins, 10 and 11. You know. That that just shows you the nature of wins because he got 10 in Miami. He goes to Minnesota, a much better team, and gets only 11. So that's just a, a, another exhibit in the uh, the vagary of, of win volatility. But we love Pablo Lopez here. Do we like him at an elevating price as he continues to move up? He's going to be pick 41 right now and a very tight window, 38 to 45 within these five drafts. Uh, with a 14 spot pick jump or excuse me 19 spot pick jump for Pablo Lopez are you paying the elevated price on Lopez yes yeah An I think affirmative he's, yes so you're you're strong on him I think he's a top 10 starter mm -hmm. I mean, and I I think I, he's right there I haven't done my full rank yet but like he is right there and with this with these drafts take out Devin Williams he's he's 10 so the market agrees with you yeah I, I mean I think uh I'm, I'm, I think the only worry for me with Lopez is health. Like he's yeah. in he's shown health the last two seasons. No reason to believe that he's not going to be healthy this year. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think he is a top 10 starter. I got no problem taking him where he goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like every pitcher's health risk. I say that stuff all the time, so I don't need to repeat that. So given that I'm going to take the guys with the great skills. I love his skills. And I think there's upside in the ERA. Remember, he put up a 307 in 103 innings back in 2021. If he put up another low three ZRA, nobody would bat an eye at that. Like, yeah, that would not be surprising. ERA in the second half. Yeah. So yeah. if he kept that up and was more in the 320 to 340 range, nobody would be surprised 
And I wouldn't even be surprised if his whip dropped along with that. But I'll take another 366, 115 for 194 innings like he did last year yeah. uh, with the chance at getting more. So I love Pablo Lopez too. We're both very aggressive on him and we will pay the premium. Let's jump to a hitter, our first one here. In fact, we've only got three hitters on the board. A lot of pitchers moving up in these fall drafts. But Matt McClain, a guy we have expressed some interest in, but it's been a while since we've discussed him. We've discussed, you know, Spencer Steer, CES, your boy TJ Friedel, um, Ellie De La Cruz. We've been all around it there in the uh, Cincinnati lineup. There's just so many guys to talk about. You can't get to all of them. So it's been a while since we spoke about McLean, and he's on the way up. Plus 14 picks for him, so just under a round jump. Are you ready to pay this premium? Because Matt McLean is going at pick 53. He's short and second eligible. Um, you know, again, that's a roundup from where he was. Are you ready to pay a top 50 pick, which is, you know, very close to what you're going to have to pay. Um, and I think he's another guy that could rise as the winter turns into spring. Are you ready to pay big for Matt McClain? I think I am. Um, I have finished my second base projection. So his projection is done. Uh, I didn't even get him to 600 plate appearances just cause I'm leaving in a little bit of wiggle room for, you know, days off with a, a loaded, you know, bench that they have in Cincinnati and, yep. you know, potential injury. He did that, suffer an oblique issue uh, at the end of the season. So uh, I have him just under 600 play appearances, 23 home runs, 21 stolen bases, uh, 263 batting average. Um, so I got the batting average coming back down a little bit, uh, though I'll not as that all far day, as, though. yeah, not as far as steamer. So uh, I just think he's a, good overall player i think he's a a 2020 guy with a decent average and potential for you know batting average upside we saw him at 290 last year so gonna hit the top of one of the best young lineups in baseball yeah i love matt mcclain um you know i i thought there would be a little bit more of a discount uh but everybody feels the way i do so yeah i'm not surprised that he's going where he's going I had some wishful thinking with that, like, oh, maybe he's forgotten because he got hurt mm -hmm. and nope, everyone else wants to, nope, wants to flock to all the other Cincinnati guys. Nope, not even a little. Couldn't be less forgotten because, listen, when you're, when you're drafting at this time in the year, it is a sharper pool. That's just the simple fact of it. It's more aggressive people that are more diehard, so they're not going to let things slip through the cracks. We'll see in spring if more casual leagues, and I don't say that to be nasty or to talk down on them, but just say if he's going in that like 70, 80 range in those drafts, you should be all over that because I'll pay this price and I'll even pay a bit higher. I could pay into inside the top 50 for Matt McClain if it comes to it because I really believe in him and I love, love, love this lineup. So we're ready to pay the premium on him. We're in lockstep on a lot of these guys today. What about our boy Kyle Bradish? I forgot what we said about him when we talked about the uh, the pitcher bargains. I mean, I'm sure it was glowing because I'm obsessed with him. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume it was positive. I will pay the 11 pick upcharge that is going on him right now. He is up to pick 85 in these last five drafts, ranging 70 to 99. Are you paying a top 100 pick for Kyle Bradish? Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Um, he's not a guy that um, I'm looking at is like undervalued or like, oh, he's going to be on a bunch of my teams. But I, I, think, I think he's going right around where he should. Uh, so, you know, so he'll end up on a couple of my teams at this price. You know, got to love the park the Bradish pitches in. Got to love the changes that he made. I can't get over how weird it is to say that. I You're know. right. It is. But we never said that, especially uh, right-handers. And now we're like, dude, get a righty in Camden. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I loved him last year. Couldn't stop talking about him as a, as a sleeper pick. I won't have as much this year, but I will still be in on yeah. him because I think 85 is a fair price. And uh, I just think he's going to kind of do more of the same. ERA should go up because 283, I, I don't project that for anybody, oh, but like the top 10. But I'll take a 350 even with a 110 whip, 112 whip even. Um, and I think he sets another high in innings. I think he goes up to the 180s this year. So I'm yeah. excited about Bradish. We don't need to beat that drum too hard because we do talk about him a lot. Let's talk Bryson Stott. Go to another middle infielder with power speed like Matt McClain. Now, is he... If, is he a guy that if you miss McLean, 
do you quote unquote settle for Stott? He goes at pick 99 in these last five drafts. He does not have shortstop eligibility anymore. So pardon me for saying that. That was a last year thing uh, where he had the dual eligibility. But of course, Trey Turner came and, and manned shortstop all year. So just second base, but that's okay. Pick 99, Bryson Stott, are you in? Uh, yeah, I think I'm in. Um, what do you think of his of his year? Let's go. Let's go a bit deeper on on what he did this past year because I think he kind of went under the radar without good. Now, obviously, a top 100 pick. He's not off the radar or anything, but I don't hear as much hype about him coming off a 1531, 280 average type season on a good team in a good park. Should we even be more hyped about Bryson Stott? I don't know that we need to be more hyped about Bryson Stott. Uh, I do think that his his season did go a bit under the radar. I don't think that people realize just how great he was all season long. But I, I do kind of expect some regression. Um, you know, he's, he's in not the a slash line. Pardon me, uh, just to get some clarification in the slash line or in like the steals component because he was thirty one for thirty four. Where do you where do you see that regression coming for Stott? kind of all around okay um, so just a little bit of pullback in general across yeah the board. I, mean, I think the batting average comes down a little bit i don't know that he's going to hit for quite as much power as he did um you know i do have him for around the same amount of plate appearances uh which i think is fair uh uh because i think you know like he only really got to the plate appearances he did because of injuries that allowed him to kind of grab that starting role and then run with it and just um, hold it. Yep. And I think that, that, that it gives him a lot of leeway, but you know, I, I see the batting average coming down just a little bit. I see the homers coming down just a little bit. I think the stolen bases come down just a little bit, but that still makes him a really, really valuable player. We're talking about a guy that I think, you know, is like 11, 12 home runs, 25 plus stolen bases, a good batting average playing at second base was a hard position to draft this year anyways. So yeah, like I don't dislike Bryson Stott. Will I get him a bunch at this kind of elevated price? Probably not, but yeah. I don't have an issue with him. I just wonder if last year is the ceiling like, and it's a great ceiling, which is mm -hmm. fine. Like, especially if he can stick around that area, which I think he probably will. And I, I'm projecting him to do that. Um, but like, I don't, think there's another level and i'm looking more for the next bryson stott as opposed to paying for last exactly year. exactly yeah again we're, we're in lockstep today so i don't have a lot of disagreement and i don't want to just rephrase what you said but i i see it very similarly where um i'd rather just see if i can get the guy who's going to be that breakout that kind of forgotten guy uh because he was pushed down last year because he wasn't super impressive in 2022 he was in my breakout second baseman if i can do a little uh horn tooting there but yeah i want to i want to find that next one it's going to be oswald peraza or, or somebody like that that i'll jump on yeah. not a bad price but i'm probably just going to go somewhere else in that general vicinity even my boy spencer steer unless i need the steals that stott brings i'd probably go for a steer over stott uh, maybe like a Bregman, maybe I just go full power and take like a Tristan Casas. So there's a few guys in that range that I'm probably not uh, not going to get Stott as much. Like, is he that different than Tyro Estrada going, you know, 50 picks later? Like, I, Probably like, not. And, and you know, as much like, as I was negative on Estrada Tommy, last year. Even Tommy Edmond. Like, there you go. That's an even better one. You know, like, and both those guys are, you know, dual and triple eligible. Like, like, I, I just don't, I don't feel the urge to like, especially losing the shortstop eligibility, you know, yeah. the dual eligibility. Like I don't feel like that urge, like, oh, I need to go get Bryson Stott. Like, there's yep. other guys who do kind of what he does 50 picks later. I think I'm more likely going to take a pitcher in that spot and then grab, you know, a different guy later. Couldn't, um, now this is, this is coming off a big injury. But it also builds in a discount because of it. Couldn't Gavin Lux be this year's Bryson Stott Absolutely. at pick two sixty four? I think I think that's exactly who this year's Bryson Stott is. Yeah, so that that's probably where I'm going to go. It's not a bad spot for Stott, um, and if you need that speed there, it's a good team. He's twenty six. I'm all I co-sign it. I just won't be chasing him. I will land on him if I need the speed. But that's probably about it with Bryson Stott. Three uh, school I mentioned we we've talked about him enough. We've, we've been talking a lot, but it's another ten picks up. He's going to keep rising. Yeah. And I just wanted to point out one more time that like 
if you're not, if you like Scooble and you think you're going to get him in anything resembling a discount, I'm here to disabuse you of that notion. He's picked 51 now, 48 to 56 is his range. That is remarkably tight. Where does this go? How high does it go uh, over the winter and then into spring? He comes out, starts dealing three, four innings of pop early in spring and then gets into the five, six innings. Like if he has a great spring too, like what do you think Scooble's legitimate peak is as a draft price? Like we haven't even hit the point where pitchers start getting pushed up. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, because a lot of these guys, what were the dates you're using again? I just want to. I, I did October as one sample. So the 10 1 to 10 31. And then this second sample is 11 10 to 12 04. Okay. So it's a five pick, uh, a five draft run there. All right. So he's currently going in that kind of that five draft run. He's currently going to pick 51. Mm-hmm. I think he pushes ahead of Glass now in Lopez. Like, is there a world where he pushes ahead of Gallon in in Kirby? Like, I think there is. Like, I think seems like it. I think seems he like could, it's possible. I think he could find himself as like the number six starting pitcher, which would put him like firmly in the second round. Oh my um, goodness! For Tariq's freaking what, once, what, once all the pitchers move up, because like yeah. right, right now, right now, Gosman is the number six starting pitcher um, because Otani's on the list, but he's not. I would take Scooble over Gosman. I think that there's an argument for that. I don't think I would take him over the next guy, which is Luis Castillo. I would not. I love uh, Castillo. I'm not much. taking him over Wheeler, Burns, or Cole or Strider. Yeah, um, that's more to me move Gosman down than it is Scooble all the yeah. way up to there. But again, I, it's a familiar refrain that I've been saying, but some of these guys that if you, if they're on this list today and you like them, get your winter shares because they're probably going to continue to go I, up unless negative news comes out about them. I feel if you're taking him there, then you have to take, like you have to pair him with a 200 in starter because I yes. just don't know what you can reasonably project Scooble for in terms of innings. Um, and if he's so, healthy, I think he gets 180 easy. The, if he's healthy, part I understand is doing a lot that, of work that, there, but I don't see never, them holding. Never it. seen a, that kind of workload. From Correct. Him. 149 so. is Scooble's max, and that was back in 2021. So I understand the the reluctance there. I'm not I'm not saying that you're out of pocket for that. Yeah. I just don't think Detroit's going to hold him back at 27. So like, if you compare him with a gallon, with a um, I'm trying to think of like a workhorse kind. Even of a Gosman. He's, like been, he's been a workhorse. Yeah. Logan Webb. The hard part is there just aren't that many workhorses. A frame yeah, for workhorse. Valdez? Yeah, I would do that. I, I, Webb and Valdez are kind of the righty-lefty yeah. workhorses in my mind of the ALN. Like, I see them as kind of the, yeah. when I'm betting on innings, I go for them. So I'll take one of them, Fromber or Webb, with my Scooble, and then I feel really good about that duo. Yeah. That, that would come is- me there. That is so high to take a guy with it is track record. Of, I can't believe the market is that like, I love it because I thought you know, this was going to be fan. the market for Reagan's. And for some reason it just, it completely shifted. I mean, rightfully so like not, not saying anything negative about Reagan's, but um, like I understand and I'm in on why everybody is excited about Scooble. And when I do my pitching projections, I'm going to have a really hard time not, getting him up there. Justin, uh, this has 300 innings of a two ERA. Yeah. I don't know about that, man. It's not checking out. Like I'm, I'm super excited about him too. I just have a really hard time, especially in like my most important leagues, which are my big money leagues, spending the kind of draft capital you're going to have to on Tarek Skubal. I um, get it. It just feels like a huge risk and I don't like taking those risks. Really. I, I understand. I do get it, but I'm going to do it. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's end with a hitter and a closer. Nico Horner, a guy I talked about quite a bit during the summer as uh, me being kind of like a newcomer to the Nico Horner train. He was somebody that basically slipped my radar during the draft season last year. I wasn't anti, but I certainly wasn't in. I just was kind of like, he is who he is. I don't really care. And one of the things that we were trying to navigate this year with the new changes that we knew were going to explode stolen bases, we just didn't know to what degree and to who they were going to affect was there was going to be certain guys that really blew up because of them that we'd, we'd really only know looking back. And I think Nico Horner fits that. 
he added 23 steals to his total. Uh, he did add playing time too, from 517 to 688 plate appearances, but that's not all. Obviously, he ran at a much higher clip, going from 20 to 43. He hit nine homers, which is actually down in power from the year before when he hit 10 in those fewer plate appearances, but 68 ribbies, 98 runs, and a 283 average. Do you like Nico Horner, especially at an elevating price as he moves up to pick nine here, or excuse me, as he moves up nine picks, not pick nine, not pick nine, not pick nine. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But as he moves up a bit, he is now pick 61, um, which is a pretty healthy price for a guy that's probably a low double digit, maybe even single digit home run guy. Um, are the 43 steals and the 90 plus runs and a decent batting average worth it for Nico Horner, dual eligible? at pick 61 up nine picks from that October set. What do you think of Nico? Okay. So, um, oh, yeah, cause you have your data now too. I do. I, 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 what I was trying to do was pull up my projections for him last year mm. because I was really high on Nico. Horner. Um, and, uh, and I, and I, and I loved him. My projections for him last year was 10 home runs, 19 stolen bases, <laughs> which seems crazy. You missed well. a little bit there. Um, and a 289 batting average. Okay, I feel like I got a pretty good projection. Even it's not I mean, bad. Obviously, I was I was off by 20 something stolen bases, um, but uh, like I was pretty high on him. I'm even higher on him this year. Like I I, I did his projection last night, um, and I've got him for 10 stolen or 10 home runs uh, and 40 stolen bases, a 291 batting average. I mean, all this Ooh. guy does is hit. Two ninety one. Uh, that would be sick. Another ninety plus runs for him. Yeah, uh, I have him for a hundred runs and seventy RBIs. Um, yeah, like he, all he, like I said, all he does is hit. I mean, the mm -hmm. dude is just insane in terms of his zone contact ability. Which, if you listen to the podcast, you know. I love zone contact. You are a fan. Um, I mean, it's a good it's a good indicator, right? Like, yeah, he has the third highest zone contact in all of baseball. Only Luis Arise and Stephen Kwan had better zone contact numbers. He's not popless, though. There isn't very much pop, uh, but he's not one of those guys where pitchers are going to just try to you know get you know hit the bat out of or pitch the bat out of. This yeah, game. exactly, exactly. Like, he can get him for like. I think there's a world. And it could be this world that we live in right now where Nico can hit like 15, which isn't, yeah. you know, amazing. But moving from 10, 9, 10 the last two years to 15 is a healthy jump, especially if it comes with another 30 something steals. That 291 average that you said is, were you looking at him maybe getting up to 290s because he's only had a 300 and a 312 Babbitt the last two yeah. years? And like maybe there's some upside there because I agree with that. He doesn't even yeah. need like a crazy bat, like a 320 for a guy like this would not be an out of pocket BABIP. And you're adding a bunch of base hits. Hopefully, those would be singles with nobody on second. So maybe some more steal opportunities. Now, I probably won't project Nico for more than 43 than he did this year. But like, would you say 30 something? Yeah. I'll, th I'll I mean, take 30 something. Talking about a guy with a 5% swing strike rate. Like, he, he doesn't, doesn't swing miss up the bat down. or he, miss the ball, rather. He makes a lot of contact but he's not punchless. And I just yep. love those kind of guys. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm going to have Nico Horner at the price. I wish the price wasn't so high, but I understand yeah, why it is. And I'm, you're I'm, clearly not alone in your excitement for him, but yeah. I'm, I'm in this year. Um, I could see myself with, with a share or two, like I said, just watching him so much, trying to wish cast uh, Hayden Wesneski into something, which is why I was watching so many Cubs games. And I was like, man, this guy is good. I, I slept on Nico Horner. So I, I promptly remedied that and became a fan. I used him a bunch in DFS, which I had a pretty decent year over at DraftKings. So uh, I got my Nico Horner shares in that way. That's a good way, by the way, if you do play DFS, to get in on some of the guys you miss is to just play them consistently on the uh, on the daily landscape. And so that's how I remedied that. Let's talk one closer here. Uh, closers aren't really moving up yet. I think that will happen later as well when everything's solidified. But we know that Johan Duran is going to be the guy in Minnesota uh, pretty handily. And so he's up eight picks, up to pick 56. <laughs> you want to talk about a tight window. 54 to 58 is his range. He goes where he goes, man, and it does not have much variation. Now, obviously, you and I are comfortable play, paying for the top uh, closers in Gladiator specifically. Uh, I, I share that sort of interest in draft champions a pretty good bit. 
Duran specifically, though, do you like him as a top 60 pick as the Minnesota closer going into his second year with that role? Um, hmm. Ooh, the hesitation tells me that there might be not as much. We finally, we, yeah, we finally got some disagreement here. Is yeah, that, that, I think so, um, because I, I am very interested. I'm, I'm not uninterested. I just think there are safer options going after him. Like, I really I like. I can't David disagree Bednar. with that. Like, I can't disagree with that. To me, David Bednar should be going ahead of him. And that's the guy like I've ended up with on like every one of my teams so far. So you see Duran, Duval go off the board and then you go for David just to keep the D thing going there. But you see yeah. those two go off the board. Then you say, this is my time to pick Bednar. Yeah. And I mean, I, I still like Romano who's going later. I still like Presley who's going later. And it's just, I just never, I just, it, I shouldn't say never. I've had, I've done two drafts. <laughs> so, I'm but, never getting them, dude. I just haven't to this point been like, okay, I'm, this is where I'm taking Duran. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to end up on my teams. I'm sure he will end up on a couple of my teams because like the strikeout upside is just unreal on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially as a guy who like, like he can throw innings, like they, you know, mm -hmm. they've shown like that they will put him in for two innings. If they need to, the other thing they've shown is they'll bring him in in a non-save situation. I was about to say, the thing that you just said also works against him as a closer yeah. for our game. It's like it's a good thing to see, and you love it for if you're a Twins fan that he comes in in the seventh or the eighth to get two innings, but he might not get as many saves. So he only, ha only had 27, which isn't a bad total, but it's like, is he ever going to get that 40? Or the fact that they use Duran, yeah, because they use him in that, that Swiss Army Knife Fireman role, they might it's, not let him get the opportunities. Tampa Bay, you know, yep. Rocco Medali is from the Tampa Bay line, and it's that Tampa Bay kind of belief, which is you use your most effective pitcher in the most effective spots. Um, which I can't is knock what, it. Yeah, what you should be doing for yep. a regular baseball, but from a fantasy perspective, like I know when David Bednar enters the game, it's the ninth inning. Like yes. that is when he's going to, like Ryan Presley's only entering the game in the ninth inning. And if they enter in the eighth, it's a safe situation. Like th yeah, those exactly. two will come in. Or, let me, let me press you a little bit on Presley. No pun intended there. It's, I guess that's not even a pun. That's just coincidental that I chose that word. I'm taking the get out a year early track with him. Cause I'm afraid he's going to be 35. It, this is pure health. This isn't even skills. So I don't even need you to tell me that his skills are good. Cause I agree. Are you not worried that the injuries are mounting, uh, mounting up on, uh, on him? Piling oh, I, no, I'm definitely worried. Uh, but Presley, I think kind of is the line of like the last guy I feel comfortable about. Okay. Um, and there and is a discount because he is yeah. going later. Like you said, so that is fair. Uh, I mean, if, if you were to say like, you know, we're in an auction and both guys are at 18 bucks. Which guy am I taking? I'm taking Duran. Like, that's, yeah, that's okay. Not, and that's so not, not particularly close. But you're taking Presley on the draft price. Yeah, right I think the, I okay. think the draft price on Presley. Like, and I mean, if you're gonna take Duran, like, why not just wait? You know, 30 picks or whatever it is, and you know, and take Andres Munoz. Like Munoz, like, isn't that that's totally dude? fair? Like, and like he's the same dude. Like he's a guy who's going to strike out the world. There's a little question about the role, but is there really? Like I think he's the guy in Seattle. Well, the only um, question about it is the same exact thing of like yeah. he comes in as a fireman. Yeah. And so we have to worry about are they going to bring him in? Munoz, we're talking about now. Are they going to bring him in in some eighth inning type stuff and all that? And then that's going to be a problem for us. So yeah, I think that's a that's totally totally fair there. Uh, and then Nothing Presley's wrong with price. Duran, like, yeah. I think, is a, is a fantastic guy. I just, to me, I feel like he should be going a little bit later because of the questions. Um, and uh, and I haven't been willing to pay the price. Does it mean I won't? No. Like, I no. absolutely have no problem paying the price. You and I are both big fans of paying for our saves because mm -hmm. we don't know where we're going to get them later. Uh, exactly. So, uh, uh, that being said, he's just... I, I, there are other guys going by him that I just like a little bit more, or I feel the exact same about and go, well, I'll just wait a little Take bit. Take the more. discount. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I've got no issues with that. So we don't have as much of a disagreement as I thought. I will still go out for Duran, but, um, 
I, I get that there are some questions there and that his real life value might be a little bit different than his fantasy value because of those seventh, eighth inning outings that can happen sometimes because he is so good and they want to bring him in for that. So uh, yeah, he's the biggest rising closer right now. That's why I figured we'd get him on there. But yeah, some interesting guys here that we're mostly in on even, even despite these price increases. Let's start moving up some guys that we don't care about though, guys. Start drafting the guys that we cannot stand. Mm -hmm. and move their prices up don't don't move the prices up with the guys that we like but uh i'm eager to see what happens with our folks here in the gladiator uh, mm -hmm. because we do have a lot of listeners in there and obviously they know the players that we like are they going to jump us on some of them i think that's a certainty um what are you looking to do with your second pick since you picked before me um i mean I, it's so hard to know i, I mean i picked eight so i, I got what 23 He's, yeah, we're still um, and we're still a decent bit away from that. Yeah, the guy who picks behind me hasn't picked yet. So, um, I, I mean, I assume I'll be taking a hitter because I can't. That's, imagine, that's what I was going to ask. Is, are you, is your dream a hitter or a pitcher? If you I mean, my dream is Garrett Cole in the second okay. round, but that's never going to happen. So, so that's a dream um, for a reason because it's only happening in your head. Yeah, exactly. Though there was a draft apparently where Garrett I Cole know. went like twenty eighth or 29th or something I, like that saw that like, shit uh and like i that will not happen in this draft if, if Garrett cole makes it back to me but uh you know at 23 you know um and starting with an outfielder my guess is i'll probably go infielder you know maybe a guy like you know austin riley or or albies um okay get a little brave in there so uh you know lindor I mean, of course, Seager falls me. I'd be ecstatic, but can't uh, go wrong with any of that. You know, uh, I, I don't imagine that in the middle of the second round, I'm taking a pitcher unless, like I said, Cole falls. So uh, I guess I could jump up Luis Castillo, but I don't think I will. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. I, 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 if Cole makes it to you, I'm going to berate everyone in the draft because they better not yeah. let you There's go. There's no way he makes it to me now because we've talked about it. And true, true. This will get posted like probably. Hopefully. Hopefully you pick before it gets posted, but I we'll see. Yeah, well, we're already it. on pick eight. I mean, we're moving we're, all right. I mean, I don't know. That pick we just nine. started a couple hours ago. We don't 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 rush everybody. Okay, we just. Oh, no, started I, I made it a four hour. I made it a four hour clock just because I was like, you know, we'll give people uh, some time. These are all our listeners. We want we want to have just have a good time and enjoy exactly. It means the draft takes a little bit longer, and that's a longer time before I start my next draft. So. Exactly. If you didn't yes. get in, and there were people who expressed interest and weren't able to get in because it just filled up so quickly, um, get into the Discord. Like that yes. is like you know I'll be you know anytime I jump into a draft, I throw it into into the chat, and I'm like you know or into the Discord, and say hey, I'm doing this draft. Anybody want to join? Uh, so if you want to go up against us and, and we'll also do the listener leagues again, we, we had a yes. listener league last year. Um, uh, we had two listener leagues a dynasty and a, a regular at, uh, um, I fell short in both, um, which was, which was I a bummer. Help you. Late. I, I was close. I was not nefariously. Close. I just beat yeah. somebody that Justin needed me to beat. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, I'm sure we'll be running that, uh, that those listener leagues back and maybe a few extra ones. Uh, this year if people want so uh jump into our discord and uh and then uh and come take us on absolutely and if there's interest in um uh, draft champions over uh gladiator express that because i'm fine starting up one of those too because i still I'd also do. be i don't know how you feel i i've never used the nfbc software for their auctions yeah um, and uh i would like to check that out uh, so if, uh, if people were, are interested in an NFPC auction league, I think it's $150, uh, buy-in, uh, for that. And has an overall as well, which Lucas Bieri won, uh, this last year, uh, ran to the show. So I'm sure we'll get him on at some point, uh, to talk about that, but yeah, so I just express really your, like, your, really type, like your interest type. Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely be down for that. So it, it doesn't have to be a gladiator if you don't want to do that. For those that don't know what that is, again, that's 23 round dra draft and hold. Basically, that's it. You have your starting team. And if they get hurt out for the year, well, you're down one guy like everybody, you know, uh, for the rest of that time. But anyway, Justin, it was great talking with you. Wednesday episode this week. Yeah, yeah. 
or expanding. Or actually, Wednesday or Thursday, we'll figure out what, what's yeah, the schedule. I mean, we'll, we'll talk uh, off Midweek episode yeah. and, and then, then a Friday. I got to wake up at 6 o'clock or 5.30 in the morning. No, 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 no. I don't want you to have to wake so up. That so we'll work around your schedule yes. and we'll get, <laughs> when we figure that out, we'll post that episode. We'll say this is the new midweek episode, whatever time and date that is. So stay tuned for that. But there'll be two more episodes this week. Justin, good talking with you. Hopefully we got a lot of winter meeting stuff to talk about, right? Because this Kalnick is maybe the opening of the floodgates here. So fingers crossed that we got lots to talk about. But if not, we'll come up with some cool topics. So Mookie Betts only going to play second base. Oh, yeah, I got distracted there. That came up here on my phone. I meant to point that out. Does that do anything for you? Is it just exciting for the or is it even exciting because it's is he going to be single eligible next year then in 2025 yeah, i think i mean i think there's a really good chance now i also will say teams can make those kind of declarations and then out the know, window in five yeah, out seconds the window, you know all of a sudden like do you want jason hayward playing every day in the outfield mm-hmm. um you know because like that outfield isn't as thick as it used to be um and do you want like hayward and outman against every lefty yeah. Right, and then all of a sudden, Betts is getting 25 games at outfield, and he keeps eligibility. So it's not even a guarantee there. But thank you for bringing that up. I saw the notification, like, I and mean, I totally forgot. If he does play every day at second, mm-hmm. um, I think that really limits a lot of players on that team in terms Chief of among getting, them. I mean, being, Gavin Lux and Max Muncy neither will get multi-position eligibility. Well, I thought you were going to say that, that it robs Michael Bush too, a guy we've expressed oh, well, interest in, I mean, in the past. Or have you already moved I, on from him? I think I love Michael Bush, but I think mm-hmm. Michael Bush needs to be a part of a trade I if agree. he's going to do anything. Like, yeah. send him to Chicago for Dylan Cease. Um, you know, but Miguel <sighs> Vargas, like. You know, like that's another guy like who's blocked off. But yeah, you know, do we want Max Muncy only being single eligible in 2025? Because that's the way this is headed. If if Mookie is, um, like that that's limits his value. Um, I didn't even think know. about Vargas too. Yeah, so like send Vargas and Bush for Cease or. Could for- you imagine them in Comiskey? I'm not calling it that stupid yeah. ass guaranteed rate. That's a dumb ass name. Could you imagine those guys in that park though? That'd be great. Or That'd be great. Send them to Milwaukee for fucking for Bernsey. I'm down for that too. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever it takes to get Michael Bush. I like I like Vargas too, but I'm a big Michael Bush fan. Whatever it takes to get them consistent PT, I'd be down for. But we can talk more about that later. Um, and again, hopefully we got some moves to talk about later in the week. Justin, have a good one. Talk to you later. Take it easy. <laughs>